good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. I am talking today on the subject of the architecture anarchists um, and other things. So uh, in Talk Architecture podcast episode, we will deal with this trend that is happening an observation that has been made by a friend of mine who is a practicing architect um, in Malaysia. And as a, an academic who, who practices design as well, um, and also know of fresh graduates or architecture graduates who are more interested that to talk about architecture than practice architecture, um, I have found some um, uh, people who who tend to be uh, concerned with architecture and what's happening and um, not really doing any practice. Uh, really, it's none of my business, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> they can do whatever they want. But this is an observation and this observation, whether we agree with what um, they are doing, um, anyway, uh, we also sh- should not complain because um, it is a free country. They can do whatever they like, right? So uh, it could be a personal opinion that one should not um, criticize uh, what's happening in architecture, the practice of architecture, if one does not practice architecture oneself. So um, I got some notes here, and, and one of the... Th- the quote from the discussion that I had with my friend is that the architecture anarchist is a trend amongst the young architecture graduate to comment about architecture, but without design practice experience. So this is 100% agreed by the friend um, how we should start uh, thinking about this. And uh, is this a problem? So... There is a traditional way to approach architecture and uh, people of a certain age, like myself, we were brought up that way or we were trained that way in the 80s, you know, in the 90s for some of our students and even in the early 2000s. Um, Those who studied architecture in the last decade perhaps see that uh, architecture is sort of unstable. I mean, there's the link to traditional architecture aspirations have been diminished somewhat. So um, architecture has been sort of, um, uh, there are interfaces between other disciplines um, and architecture is not seen the way that is traditionally seen or felt um, before. So uh, when we think about the traditional approach in dealing with architecture, may it be architecture education and architecture practice, um, you can have someone who was trained and still seriously thinking about doing the professional exams. I fall into this category because until maybe in the last five years or, or so, I was actually seriously thinking of doing my professional exams. Now being a business person, I I think that doing training and, and doing other things um, 
I'm not thinking about that anymore. But I, for most of my life, I was thinking, I was trying to do that, even for sabbatical um, in my in the university sabbatical system, but um, it was not meant to be. So architecture industry is still thriving. They get commissions. Uh, people do government jobs, uh, private jobs, commercial buildings, health buildings. There are a lot out there to do. And, and um, some architects who were graduated, who graduated, not necessarily go to traditional architecture offices, but they go to work at um, developers' office and other related office, construction office, and so on. And there are architects working in corporations, right? This is not um, an alien thing. Even in, before, in the 90s, you have scholarships under corporations that is non-architectural or non-constructional that architects work with. So, but do their job deal with design, right? So, um, so in a way, it's not traditional. So when we define traditional architectural company, we, it's usually serving the client uh, in a traditional way, there's a contract, professional practice going on. The whole process of architecture from design, concept, concepts, tender documentation, working drawings, contract implementation, and going to the site to supervise the contractor or design and build uh, companies as well. We can also say that the traditional architectural processes are there. So we have a person working in that environment or in a traditional way, right? So the others are in the fringe. Like I said earlier, those working in the developer, with the developers actually have quite also um, uh, have to employ their design skills or some architectural design skills as well. So the ones that are not doing anything to do with design could be not doing the traditional architectural practice. Okay, so yeah, we're trying to trying to uh, define what is um, and someone who is doing architectural practice. Now that goes to myself as well. That I am actually involved in some sort of a design practice, working with other people, although I'm not really doing the drawings. And I there are also instances where I had to do some sketches. So, yeah, um, this is kind of like a gray area. But if you are not doing architecture practice at all and you criticize about architecture practice, there's something wrong with it. Obviously, that was the criticism. We were starting to talk about this topic, yeah? So is it to do with architecture education? Um, I did mention that um, someone who is who is born, I, I was born in the 60s, someone who was born in the 80s told me that 30% of her batchmates from architecture school became architects. But for me, 60% 
of those from my batch in the 80s became architects. So there seems to be a trend that there is no guarantee, not necessarily the doing of the person. Maybe they were interested in architecture practice, but circumstances did not allow them to do architecture practice. We don't know. But there is a trend that there's less interest to be in the traditional architecture practice. So, so okay, maybe that is the reason why people talk about architecture rather than practice architecture. Going back to that point, yeah? Um, so I, I did mention that, um, and then... Um, yeah, it's not. A, is it a millennials and a Gen Z issue where people, you know, I have a, someone whom I'm working with doing design and build, and she's very happy doing it. I mean, it looks like she's really interested in doing her work. But at one point, she was um, she was doing totally a different after graduation. She she tried to do practice, but then she did totally different th thing, which is in the tourism industry, totally not to do with design. And then, then she went back to design and build. I think, in my opinion, it's just a nick of time because, you know, once you establish yourself in the tourism industry and you could take off your career in that, even though you're a, a good designer and you love architecture, but you could love many things, right? It's where the opportunity is. And many students uh, or ex-students out there that became artists, that became art manager, that becomes um, film, that goes into film. There are even actors. Um, and it's quite common. Uh, the, cre the creative arts, you could call it. Yeah, the performing arts is um, something to do with creativity that, architectural students or graduates may uh, be attracted to explore. So um, let's go back to this architecture anarchist that we have. Is there a problem with architecture nowadays that we have to be more critical of what's happening? We've been discussing about this a lot in the last year, at the end of the year, and um, in the beginning of the year, and some of them is in the podcast that we shared. Um, I didn't put that link yet about the architecture anarchists and resulting from the problem with um, the what's happening in the architecture industry and people being more cynical, and as the rise of the use of social media and the audience are out there to want to learn from social media. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there, there will be uh, architecture critiques. Uh, since God knows when that I, I started learning architecture, we always have architecture critiques, um, historians and critiques. Um, you know, Venturi criticized the um, modern movement and he's known as the person who uh, established some principles or some ideas for postmodernism. 
um, Charles Jang's is an architecture critique, and uh, yeah, Jeff Kipnis, and um, we have discussed this before. But the architecture anarchist is something else. So, <laughs> is it is it um, uh, what do you call it? Because of what's happening in the world, where the thing, the anarchic thinking is becoming mainstream or you could regularly read about um, anti-establishment opinions in social media and that it's natural that architecture profession or the architecture fraternity will have anarchists as well. So the anarchists would be more than just an architecture critic then. It's, it's like when you have anarchists, what comes before anarchists? Anarchists could be the extreme of, you know, almost like uh, a rebellion or someone who rebel against establishment. So what you have before that is probably socialists, maybe. We have the architect as a, uh, a socialist, socialist, quote-unquote, socialist architecture, even way back in the 60s, yeah? Um, and even... <laughs> Earlier, I mean, Le Corbusier was uh, was interested in socialism then, but the context then is different context now, perhaps, and now we have the anarchists. So, is it like putting a, a metaphorical finger to the architecture profession if you're an architecture anarchist and feeling that you have the right to um, to just tell? the establishment where to go, yeah? In that way. So, um, I'm at the border with this. I'm not really so concerned about the architecture anarchists. Uh, Maybe they are needed in this day and age in the context of uh, social media usage and in the way that architecture practice can easily go to more towards entrepreneurship and the way architecture is learned um, or the universities that teach architecture is becoming uh, less diverse in terms of what are the things that people can learn. So I think there's a tension going on, and I'm interested in this tension, interested in investigating this further. Um, But I need to ask the right questions in order to find the real real feelings, you know? I mean, this is um, something that um, is very interesting to pursue in terms of, what is happening in terms of the thoughts and feelings of young graduates, really. You know, coupled with the fact that in Malaysia, we have the the problem of poorly paid or um, salaries that are not in keeping with inflation, the rate of inflation. So...
Yeah, the certification process is something else. What if I say, I mean, when we look at the criticism about architecture education, what if I say that I can actually, I meaning in collaboration with others, not just me alone, I could actually come up with an architecture curriculum um, that can make you be a confident designer and that there are employers out there who would not really care if you went to a university, but you were trained by me and I can make you ready, confident enough to do architecture practice. If I were to do an online course or certain way of giving, uh, of sharing ideas, creating like architecture education where you could be ready with enough skills. I mean, the five years is great in architecture education, you know, for exploration. You can do so many things. But if you keep on repeating the same learning, it's a waste of time, isn't it? And in some subjects, you don't really have to um, teach or teach in that way. Some subjects are, um, you know, you could learn it in a different way. So maybe we are, we're thinking that this accreditation process goes to a particular body, but if the industry says we don't have to have uh, this certification, you know, the early adopters of this um this destructive, destructive way of um, getting architecture graduates. Yeah, I mean, who is it that said uh, that you can learn um, architecture in a way that um, the only problem is certification. That, that's why people accept certification. I mean, like blockchain and cryptocurrency and the things going on in there, creating a system where, um, you know, you don't have to rely on traditional way of the university set up. Um, more people are being skeptical about what's going on. And then there are people who become businessmen, even as a teenager, can be rich earlier. So what's going on, right? So I think some of these points could be dealt with dealt with by the architecture anarchists. So on that point, I hope that this makes sense and that this could be a podcast that touch on a lot of things, asking a lot of questions about the architecture anarchists and why they emerge amongst us. So these are people... We have to respect them who learn about architecture traditionally, but along the way, they also read up on things and find out about things and form their own opinions. And um, we may even be absorbed into their thinking and their movement of the anarchists in architecture. So there you go. Talk to you again. And we try to make something special in the future because this podcast 
Talk architecture is going to go through a process of reinventing itself to be much more relevant, much more interesting. And this could be done because we could focus more on the podcast development. Thank you very much for listening. Regular listeners, we appreciate you. Good night.